Hello and welcome. I'm Bryn Edwards and this is WA Real. Uh, today my guest is Dr. Margaret Durnham, who is co-founder of Modus Movement, uh, the movement facility, which is a fantastic space, which has recently opened in Myrie. She is a mentee of the legendary Edo Portal, um, has been a practicing chiropractor for seven years, um, having studied many degrees in applied science and chiropractic um, practice. Um, having read your website, it says your goal is to help your body to move better with your hands, and it's as simple as complex as that. And I also read that your approach is described as being very non-bullshit, served with jalapenos and a side sides dish of pepper spread. Uh, I look forward to that honesty today. Margaret, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rin. There Pleasure. you go. So, um, I understand that you're, you're a true blue West Australian. You were born in Port Hedland. Yes. And then moved down here when you were eight. Yes, don't Port- hold it against me. <laughs> there we go. So was it like moving from growing up in Port Hedland and then moving down to Pinjara where you moved yes. to? Yes, yeah. Um, so I moved when I was eight. Um, Port Hedland, as you probably know, I'm not sure if you've been there, but maybe you've heard it's really hot. Yes. It's desert. It's dry. It's very multicultural. Um, it's a bit different now. Like there's been this huge mining boom, which has sort of catapulted Port yep. Hedland onto the map. Um, the first thing I remember when I moved down was how green it was because I'd never seen greenery like right. it. My dad's British, so he's from Liverpool. Um, I'd been there once when I was a kid. But really, um, it's re- it's colder down here. Uh, yeah. Different demographic, um, so it, it kind of forced me to be adaptable. All right. Um, yeah, I'm second oldest of six kids, so some of the other children perhaps didn't handle that big move so well. Um, right. And I think, I, I think now the the effects of shifting house on children are probably not as well. Um, understood by parents, maybe as they could be. Mm, that's an interesting um, point. Yeah, just looking back on that, I think you know. Is I'm it shifting sh- house or shifting actual location? Well, I think I think both. So yeah. shifting. Ha- so you know, the first seven years of life, those formative years, are really important for. De- I mean, you'd know being a psychology buff, right? Um, really important for um, development of the child, and then you know that's the real safety net. You've got your friends, you've got your school, you've got all these different. Um, structures that provide this safety and then you you move or you're kind of transported oftentimes not really with an explanation because most parents don't think to sit down with their children and go okay right little jimmy now this is why we're moving and this is who we're going to it's like and in a way that they can understand it given where they are it's just okay this is our new house uh are we going back to the old house no this is our new house this is your new school make new friends and you're kind of being forced to sink or swim um so you could probably already tell in the first five minutes that I'm quite extroverted. I don't have yep. a problem articulating, but it wasn't always the case. Okay. I was a little quieter when I was younger. Um, and so, yeah, that's – so the, the moving house uh, from Port Hedland to, to Pinjara, I guess, was maybe looking back a key element in having this adaptability, this, you know, ability to handle change. Yep. Um and and resiliency yeah super yeah and what was it like growing up in Pinjara? um the first things that come to mind so i grew up in in north Pinjara, which yep. so you've got you've kind of got port headland and then you've got south headland so south headland's like the scummier grungier okay. like the bronx area of port headland so then i lived in like the bronx area of uh Pinjara. right um but it was great because it was a small community so we we're always outdoors we were 
playing outside, catching tadpoles, climbing trees, making yep. cubby houses, all, all those kinds of things. Um, but um, from a context point of view, maybe we'll talk about this later, it was a very white community. Right. Port Hedland, South Hedland, there's a lot of Malay, a lot of migrants. Okay. So Pinjarra, there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of this sort of um, visible and, and I felt this me and us, my family, my sisters, because I'm, I'm half Asian, yeah. and then the other kids. This is That's probably the first time I can remember feeling um, like different. Right. Different to the rest of the kids. Was that something that was going on inside or was it... You know, also external, yeah, mo- not so much myself. Um, my older sister, she's darker than I am. So she, she, you know, from like, the first week of being in this new school, um, was experienced racism, right. uh, for being darker. And, um, you know, and, and in terms of, you know, myself, like, yeah, I think I, I experienced that cognitively, but also, um, you know, not just even sort of on a, on a physical external, um, looks aesthetics point of view but you know i was just i felt a lot smarter than these kids all right yeah a lot like different um in the sense of just being maybe it was because my dad my dad is british and you know we did a lot of reading but i felt very displaced moving to that school in particular and Mm. and perhaps and did that continue throughout your maturing teenage years i would say so and maybe that's how i sort of ended up in this movement circle looking the search for a tribe the search for belonging perhaps started you know when i was at that point of displacement yeah yeah, because i don't remember i don't recall feeling that prior um to to maybe moving to school but yeah this displacement like you know i am different i i look different i think differently um, and that's okay. Not that I, I, I wanted necessarily to belong to that group of people. Yes. Um, but it, yeah, it's interesting seeing, um, how those traits of, as I said before, resiliency, adaptability. Hmm. Okay. I can, you know, I had no problem at school, but, um, I, I definitely felt that I needed to get out of this environment. Yeah. This was not the tribe and the society. Hmm. No, even though I was very small, this was not where I belonged and this is not where I wanted to stay. So I resolved when I was pretty young in primary school that, well, I'm pretty smart. I'm just going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to just read, study, and I'm going to make sure that I get out of this because yep. my parents never graduated from high school. They never went to university. My dad was a miner. My mother was a cleaner. So most most kids in that scenario and that socioeconomic demographic stay there. My cousins, most of them had children. They stayed at Port Hedland. Most of them had children to different fathers. But that point, you know, the kids I went to school with, the drugs, the da 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 da, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think having that as a already at a young age, a knowledge that okay, this isn't my tribe. Yes. So there's something in there about being displaced and then having to go and find your new tribe, your new mm. sense of home. Mm. Would that be true? Yeah, I th- maybe. Um, yeah, like I said, I think I, I always felt like different. I always did feel mm. different. I always felt that um, I never really um, belonged to a tribe. Like I had friends, don't get me wrong. Like I wasn't, you know, the autistic kid in the corner without friends. I had a lot of yeah. friends. Yes. Um, but I always walked to the beat of my own drum. Okay. And I'd liked being different. 
So I didn't. Yes. I, I actually liked it. And then I did go on a search for... So is this where the genesis of the no bullshit approach probably started as well? Perhaps, yeah, because, you know, I love... Like, one of the sayings I love is, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations. You're not in this world to live up to mine. Safer. So how... If I say something that's direct and I'm not charging with it with emotion, sometimes I do, but if I'm not and it lands badly, that's not my fault. That's your stuff. That's your stuff. That's not my stuff. Yes. And, you know, I... One of the reasons why... I loved um, Ido when I first met him was that he just said it how it was. And I was just – and isn't it refreshing when somebody just actually says what they feel and yes. what they actually really mean? They actually vocalize all those little things yeah. that go on in your head but never come out in your exactly. mouth. Exactly, because people live in this fear. Like everyone's yeah. afraid. I'm afraid to hurt your feelings. I'm afraid to say something to you in case you don't like me and then that says something about me and actually I just want your love and your acceptance. Yeah. Whereas I couldn't give a shit if you accept me or not um, because at the end of the day, like what, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, um, there are very few people in this world that I really, I think, um, I take to heart what they say and maybe, yes, like moving from Port Hedland to South Hedland, I'm sorry, moving from South Hedland to Pinjara was, um, and I'm like, this is the first time I've been vocalising this, I'm thinking out loud yeah, and like sort of backtracing the steps and going, Okay, yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe that was the catalyst for thinking, well, you know, I don't really care what your opinion of me is because I know, like, for those kids, even though I was like eight, eight to 12, let's say 12, I remember thinking this. I thought, I looked at these kids that, you know, they're mucking up in class. They didn't care about their grades. They, they didn't push themselves. They didn't grow. I remember thinking, I'm like, you guys are just going to stay in this, this place. You're going to stay in this place. And I couldn't think of anything worse. No, this is not for me. So, well, okay, now how do I make a plan as to get out? Yeah. Um, well, I know that you're not going to be my friend in 10 years. So should I, do I really care if we're not, you know, we're not, and you're not coming over to my house to play this afternoon. I don't really care. <laughs> that's quite a that's quite a level of thinking for a twelve year old. Yeah, I was pretty smart. I still am. I'm pretty smart. Yeah. Um, but more, I think observant. Yes. I think observant, and uh, that's probably been a strength of mine is to plug in connections. Yes. Problem solving, um, not necessarily in a mathematical capability, but to be able to have a problem and then deduct a solution to make you know reasonable calculations, learn from others' mistakes and yep. observe what everyone else is doing that um, I don't want to replicate. You know, I love history. Yes. I love everything about history and also personal history, world history, whatever. And I think um, that's how we learn. We learn from our mistakes, right? We, yeah. We fuck up. Okay, I won't do that next time. <laughs> you, you either win or you learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. And it's interesting because... Um, a different version of Margaret could have seen the change at the age of eight to Pinjara and then taking it as an emotional, yeah. oh, I was displaced and where is me and where is the world? And that could have, could have been your trajectory. Yeah. And I, as I said, I, you know, I've got a few siblings. My older sister, perhaps she just was, I don't know, made of different stuff. We have the same genetics mm. relatively. Um um, but a little bit maybe more sensitive. I'm, yeah. I'm 
yeah, per perhaps like my inner metal was a little bit harder and she didn't handle the move so well. You know, right. she really became introverted, retreated, um, to a, to a pathological degree to a point where she couldn't, you know, almost like this, like a phobia to interact with other individuals, other human yeah. beings. And so, um, yeah, you know, and I think if I were, had I been her parent at that time, you know, was making the choice to move, you know, got necessarily the best decision, who knows? Yeah, as you said, like there could have been a, a different Margaret that handled things differently. Yeah. Because um, we're a product of our experiences, right? Um, but, yeah, I know I think I think it's in interesting to look at my older sister and how we had the same life. She's only a year above me. Yeah. And the same experiences but completely different, mm. completely different. Fantastic. So your route out of this was was that your was that behind your choice to study chiropractic? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I knew. And how did that come about? Oh yeah, that's that's an interesting one because I'd never seen a chiropractor before. Um, oh right. I'd never been to a chiropractor when I decided to study chiropractic, but I was I was I was smart. I got really good grades at school. I studied really hard, and I believe that education is the foundation for. Yeah, most things. Um, and I think maybe I watched this movie when I was about like 13. My older sister rented it from the DVD and it was about, um, gosh, I forget the name, but it's, it's pretty well known. Um, had Rufus Sewell in it, um, and maybe called Dangerous Beauty. It was a courtesan, so it was like sort of set in the Renaissance time. Yeah. And there's a courtesan, and that's, you know, that was sort of her way of kind of dragging herself from the gutter and, and I think, um, you know, these sorts of ideas, like read, I always read, I always read a lot yes. of books. Like I was always at the library going through books pre-internet, by the way. Yes. So, you know, I'm from this really small town. So your imagination is kind of the sky's the limit. And I just thought, I just love reading. I love education. Like always going to uni was, was it. That was the goal. But I also put a lot of pressure on myself. Yes. So then um, I thought I would go into medicine or law. Like the, there's kind of like the two stock standard things. People, stock standard. what's going to make me a lot of money and yes. you know people successful. Exactly. Whenever someone thinks doctor, wow, yes. wow, you're a doctor. Okay. I'm a lot. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has these reactions. Um, really, what I loved was art. So I was really good at art. Really loved that. But I thought this isn't going to make me money. I'm not going to make a living being an artist. It'd be really, really fun, and I loved it. But wasn't going to be a career path. So yeah. I was just Flicking through, uh, like this handbook that the, the high schools give you, like, here is 10,000 jobs you can choose from. Go, choose one, and that's what you're going to be for the rest of your life. Um, and I just came across chiropractic. I think the program was only three years that we didn't have any graduates. This was at Murdoch Uni, just down the road in Perth. Um, but it sounded fascinating because I'd never heard of it before and I didn't know what a chiropractor was and, and I was like, Great, this sounds yeah. like a challenge. So most people that know me know that I like to take the hard path. Um, yeah, like doing something that I was good at, that's kind of easy. But doing something that I had never heard of before was a challenge. Was a challenge. Um, that and I think I sort of self-sabotaged, my 15-year-old self, self-sabotaged like getting into medicine. Like I, I didn't, you know, there's a few exams that you have to do that yes. I was just like, I'm not going to do them. And looking back... And that closes that path. Exactly. So then you don't, you know, you kind of don't fail yes. because you've already closed the door to that 
that option. Um, and I think that, again, that was just fear, like fear of, well, you know, I've hung my hat on getting into this course. Like this is my, my pick. So if I don't get into my number one pick, then my whole life's a failure <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Which is really now I'm 30, like that's really stupid. But I get a lot of teenage patients that this is the case. There's so much pressure on the inside, especially if you're a high performer, a high achiever. Yes. This mental game of like, I really must push, I must succeed, I must do this. Otherwise, you know. The whole world will collapse. Exactly. It's so right. If I don't get the grades, I won't get to university. If I don't get to university, I won't get the job and I'll be a failure. Yeah, uh, and I'll end up in Pinjara for the rest of my life and I'll have four kids to different fathers. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah, and so that's kind of the, I guess, the, the reason why, all right, I'll choose this course. I never yep. went to a chiropractor before. I was 17, moved out of home, went to uni, um, and then I was six months into the course, I was like, I should probably see a chiropractor, yeah. and I did. And then, you know what, I just loved it. Like, you felt the goods. <laughs> yeah, like the, the chiropractic philosophy about, um, you know, natural the natural healing potential of the body yeah. is something that I, I perhaps have ascribed to more as I've gotten older. And I see people, my, my dad, for example, had surgery when he was 30 on his back. And he's a mess. He's an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I see people 50, 60, 70, 80 plus. Back to a little bit of a, a theory that I have, um, you know, in terms of why we have so many issues and why I sort of started chiropractic, found this fascinating, was because, like, the human body is this super complex machine, right? It's amazing. It can do all this cool stuff Stuff. if we give it the right environment we take care of it um but we don't and then you know the life expectancy now is 80 plus for men and women so whereas like 100 years ago it was maybe 50 and i think that's why they get away with having not looking after your body totally because you usually died before antibiotics you died from things war is another one yeah so i think actually this midlife crisis concept might relate and you might disagree but um, you know, your life expectancy, if we didn't have modern medicine, let's say 45 to 50 is a good innings. Yes. Um, you, you know, grow up, you reproduce, you have a few wars, great, you get married, you die. Yeah. Shit. Now I have another life to live because we're getting double the life expectancy. Okay. Uh, what do we do? Let's get a divorce. Let's yeah. like complete, you know, have this whole new rebirthing and then you're like yeah. this new person. Great. Let's start again. So where do you think that comes from then? Um, with the midlife crisis? Well, the, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I agree. I agree with that. I think that's, that's what I think. Because we have this extra life. I think so. Totally. Um, you know, now, so let's say you're in the 19, you say 1850s. Okay. Well, I only have to live till I'm 45. What's That's what? Why? Yeah, exactly. Why do I have to worry about superannuation when I'm 68? Because yeah. I'm gonna, you know, chances are, like, life's going to take you. Like, by the time you yeah. hit that age, um, and I mean, yeah, I think now it's life is so complex. It's so complex because we live also so much longer. Yeah. So now we have to work so much longer. We have. Is it, this, is it really complex or do we make it complex? I think at the at the crux of it, life is very simple. Um, at, yeah. Born, live, reproduce, die. Yes. But then there's all this fear 
and anxiety. I know, yeah. That comes in. Yeah, exactly. And so then going back to 15-year-old Margaret stressing about my exams and I'm going to be a failure. I say to kids now when they come and see me and, you know, I get teenagers that have their exams, they're studying, they're really stressed, they've got anxiety. They're like this. Yeah. You know, they've got neck pain, but that's not the cause of the problem, right? The Mm. neck pain is a symptom of them being super stressed about their exams. And I go, okay, how old are you now? You're like 17, 18. You don't retire until you're 68. Now they're trying to push it, I think, more. Um, 40 years left in the workplace. Like, chill out. Chill out. Chill out. Your time to you know, work go it travel, out. go blow all your money for like, until you're 25 at least. Go blow your money, have a great time, um, and then think about that and realize that you do have, you know, this 40 year time period to get the house. Like, I've got like 20 year old kids that are settling down and buying houses and all this sort of stuff and it's very, it's very serious very so early, serious right yeah um and i'm like 30 and i feel like i'm not like i did i kind of did that also you know did the house and the marriage thing and then had my own little mini midlife crisis at 28 yeah again like i said because i'd already made the connections and, and plugged in and problem solved that this thing this success model was not successful and in fact, what the hell even is success? Yeah. What is it? So I, um, yeah, I, I kind of went, fuck it, and burned the whole lot down, or, you know, threw the whole lot away and, uh, and, and decided to, to rebuild. So I kind of feel like, yeah, I've already done the midlife crisis thing. Well, I've still got another 40 years left to work. Could be another one, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I see that, you know, people that have like maybe two or three marriages that last still 15, 20 years. Yes. I think that's a success. Like if someone's, you know, put up with you for 15, 20 years and you decide to call it quits, I don't think that's a failure. I think like, you know, you just changed. That's a fascinating perspective. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's something that I just, you know, divorce taught me a fair bit um, and what what I want from my life, um, where I thought as a 12-year-old or 15-year-old, or where I thought it would go, I totally went there, you know. I hit every goal that I set, um, but it still left me feeling empty. And and that's where... I, and how long did that go on till? Um, what the... The feeling empty having hit all the goals, that go into the... I allowed it to last the, for a year. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I allowed it it to last for like a a year and then whereas I think most people wallow a bit, they wallow in an unhappy marriage for long periods of time, sometimes their whole life. Yes. Um, I, you know, my ex-husband's a great man. I've got no bad words to say about him. Um, I just think that I grew quicker and in a different direction and – and so, you know, I was only I was only married for about a year, and I could I could already see I could see the the future. See it and feel it. Yeah, I could see the outcome. You know, because I, I see people do it. All, you know, they come in to me as patients, or you see them walking down the street. You know, these and my parents did it. My parents were married for twenty two years. Um, I haven't spoken to my mother in twelve years, and that it was a rotten marriage. I, I said I've said this to my dad. I was like, you know what. Uh, dad, actually, this was a month ago. I took him to Germany on a holiday. Right. So my dad's 78. I was like, you know what? You really um, bollocks that one up because 
you stayed married to a woman that you clearly hated, like you both hated each other. So instead of giving your children a good example of what a happy, healthy, loving marriage should be, you gave us like like this really fucked up one. Yeah. (laughs) So then, you know, we kind of had to to fuck up a bit and then realize, well, I realized, maybe some of my siblings not so much, uh, realized, you know, this is the the pattern, the subconscious programming repeating and you don't even realize it right you don't realize putting up for second best putting up for second best and oh i'm I'm stuck in this now yeah i've got to stick it out for kids i've got to stick it out because society might judge me i've got to stick it out because Mm. of a mortgage i've got to stick like people as opposed to making brave decisions and then presenting the best version of yourself yes um yeah definitely and that that's no one can make that call for another person you know, is someone just quitting because they're, you know, they're not willing to do the hard work, or is it truly the the horse is being yeah. whipped and it's flogged till it's dead? Stop whipping the horse. Yes. Move on. Stop being such a sad sack because if you stay in this environment, you're just going to get more and more negative. No. Nope. Yeah. You're going to be in a shell of yourself. Yeah, you're going to be a shell of yourself, and then you're going to get to the other. It's going to end sooner or later, or maybe maybe not. Maybe you'll stay in this like really unhappy marriage for another 40 years and then your other half will die and then you'll just be you will be like destroyed you'll be destroyed because you you don't have yourself anymore you lost yourself years ago for the sake of staying in a situation like if that goes for a job goes Mm. you know like and how did you feel on your deathbed living in that you know it's like regret totally and that's what I I remind myself about um, when I'm 80 Plus, and so I'm fast forward. Yeah. Am I going to be happy with this? Yeah. Am I going to look back on my life and go, you know, I gave it my best. I gave it my absolute best, and I and I did, I did something. It doesn't I went matter. Out and tried. I went. Yeah. That's it. You tried your guts out. You made. You didn't waste the gift. Love it. Yeah. This is. Yeah. So I digress, but. <laughs> yeah. No. It's fantastic. <laughs> so there we go. So I think we were at um, becoming a chiropractor. All right. Okay. So became a chiropractor. Um, got through that. That was a that was a trialing time because it's a tough course. Like yes. It was tough. Um, and and then I finished that. Um, I basically started, you know, being self-employed straight away. I worked for some one asshole um, who, you know, like being a female as well as a, a little bit of a, a different provides a different context and experience in life. Yes. Um, because, you know, here I am, like, trying to be this independent, like, go get and make success in this world. And, um, oh, pff, being a woman doesn't affect you. It does. Um, so I worked for this worked for this bloke. That was a bad experience. And then I started my own um, practice. I did a bunch of other different jobs, put myself through uni, worked really, really hard. And that was always my default, was just to work really hard. Um so the movement stuff that we do, the Ido Portal method that we um, we train with, automatically attracts hard workers. Right. Um, so this working, you know, I used to just slog my guts out working three jobs, um, which makes for dedication, discipline, setting goals, going after them, hitting what you want. And then I started, um, you know, working for myself, looking for ways to heal the body, to rehab my own spine because I had a couple of injuries, looking for ways to not be my father who yeah. was riddled with arthritis and um, preserve 
the vehicle that we have to live this life. Um, so I came across movement when I was... Uh, when did that come about? Yeah, I, you know, I was doing CrossFit, I think, at the time. I was doing CrossFit yoga. Um, I was doing triathlon. So it's funny, you interviewed Paul Newsom uh, for podcasts, and I did yeah. swim smooth DVDs. Oh. I learned, because in Port Hedland, I didn't get swimming lessons. So oh, right. I, so those were the DVDs I learned how to swim with. So that was pretty funny. Um, His global spread goes to yeah, Port Hedland. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd done all these different, like, you know, sports and whatever else. I wasn't particularly physically talented. I'm an academic by nature, but right. I love moving yeah. my body. I love team sports, all the rest of it. Mm. And then, but I'd had some niggles and some injuries, and I just like to educate myself and always, as a chiropractor, not be, not be the 80%. Yeah. Or even the ninety percent of chiropractors. I don't. I don't consider again. This. I'm. I've. I what see do you mean by you don't want to be the 90 percent of chiropractors? Have you been to a chiropractor before? Yes. So most people, when I say that I'm a chiropractor, it's very polarizing. The majority of people do not have a good experience because they sort of they go in for you know a, a consultation. It's in crack, 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 boom, out you go. Come back and see me three times a week for 15 weeks. Oh, uh, that has been my experience in the past. Yes. And, um, you know, it's bullshit. I call bullshit. I yeah. call bullshit to these chiropractors. Um, and so I'm not well liked in that circle of the, really? of the profession. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, I, I have no problem calling bullshit because, <sighs> you know, people come and then you're in a position of, Power. Yes. There is a there is a power differentiation. The knowledge is the power. Yes. So you know, Joe Bloggs comes and they and they have a back injury, let's say, and it's scary because sometimes, like if you've had a really bad episode of back pain, you can't move. You sometimes can't walk. You can't sit down. Sometimes the pain's so bad you want to throw up, and you want to know, am I going to die? Is this going to be forever? How long is it going to take to get better? All this sort of stuff. Yes. And then to have sort of someone that doesn't even spend take the time to get to know you as a person yes. and know your whole health story as a person um, or, you know, ask important questions like, you know, what do you do for a living? Do you play sport? Da, 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 all this kind of stuff. It's it's pretty disempowering for the person. Yes. Then to only be provided with this, this treatment only I can administer and, okay, yes, that is the role of seeing any healthcare professional. Yes. They have gone through years of schooling to apply X treatment to a given problem. I do this to you because exactly. I'm the expert. And That's then I withdraw this. Exactly. And there's no active component. There's no empowering of the individual. There's no mm. uh, exercises um, to get them to strengthen the muscles or to, you know, whatever, to just get some knowledge. You know, the word doctor means teacher. Yes. And most of these people that are calling themselves doctors of chiropractic are not teachers. Um, they they're doers and they they often they they lie to themselves. They they believe their own shit that they're doing good for the person, but it's financial gain. But if you tell yourself something enough times, then you'll come to you believe. You start to believe convenient truth. Yes. So I'm not like those chiropractors. Okay. And given that I didn't see a chiropractor for the majority of my life, when I finally saw a chiropractor and she spun me this, this bullshit, and I kind of went along with it for a while, but being a critical thinker, I thought, yes. after I got, you know, treatment, I don't know, 15th or something, yeah. and I'm like, hmm, I actually feel worse. And I didn't have any pain in the first place. Um, not that pain's the indicator, but yeah. I was 17. 
you know, I was healthy, played sport, all the rest mm-hmm. of it. Um, I vowed that I didn't want to. I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be the chiropractor that I wish that I'd had when I was nineteen and working seventy hours a week behind a bar, and I buggered my disc up. I, I wanted to be that. I wanted to listen, provide biopsychosocial healthcare to a person. Okay. What that involves is movement. The patient must move their body. Yes. No questions asked. You know, some people actually come to me and they just want me to, they, they want to like just come and see me once a week and I'm not about that. Yes. Because that just was a small part of that bigger practice. That's right. So then I did a movement X course with Edo in 2014 and so I... How, just, just for a second. Yeah. So just dial back. So how did you find this thing called movement in culture? And yeah. there'll be people out there that don't actually know what, what, what is when you say, oh, I found movement. Yes. You know, well, yeah. I'm, I could walk to the yeah. toilet and back. That's yes. movement. But yeah. what, what is movement? Good question. Great question, in fact. Um, so to define what movement is, is very difficult. There is no container that I can give you. I can't say movement is X, Y, Z. It is. Like getting up and going to the toilet and walking and back, that's movement. Any, any uh, action that involves... Uh, using your body mm-hmm. to perform a task of motion, I would consider movement. It's like a really airy-fairy definition. Yes. But, so to extrapolate on that, um, I came across movement, this concept of movement originally from my teacher, um, Brian Nook, and he was a, the dean at Murdoch Uni and the, the most brilliant chiropractor I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And again, what I do is different because I look at the movement of the joints. Yes. Whereas a lot of chiropractors will lie down and, and just sort of feel. and they Do come, things yeah, in isolation. Yeah, exactly. That's not really functional, is it? Like I'm using the inverted commas, functional. It's not um, the same. It's not the same as actually feeling the, the shoulder as it goes through space and finding the restriction of movement in a particular joint, which is potentially affecting the bigger mechanical chain yes so if we look at the human body as a mechanical moving unit um we have levers pulleys you know in the form of tendons muscles yes we have fulcrums at the joints we have all kinds of different mechanical things so uh with that lens of viewing the human body i see my i I see myself as a body mechanic right um Plus some, plus 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 plus, and there was a there was a chiropractor I um, went and hung out with in Canada who was this sports chiropractor because I wanted to be this sports chiropractor and work on athletes, um, and he introduced me to this concept. Um, so it was Gray Cook's movement book, which he looked at deep squatting. This was sort of just before CrossFit took off. Right, CrossFit wasn't really that a well known. Exactly, so everyone squatted to ninety degrees. The butt did not go down to the floor. And, you know, people didn't do overhead chin-ups or whatever. You know, it was very much like that you ran, you biked, you swam, you played netball. Those were the traditional um, sports. Yeah. And then you have, you know, I started doing yoga and, and CrossFit. And I looked at the whole lot and kind of saw that all of these all of these sports, all of these disciplines have really great yeah. things, but they also have a lot of shit. And what if, what if you could only, what if you could do the good stuff and just cancel out the shit? What yeah. what sort of, 
What discipline is there that does that? Okay, so I went and did a yoga teacher training, and that was fantastic. But in yoga, in Ashtanga yoga, there's no pulling work. Right. It's all push. And yoga is one of those realms where the flexible people love it because they're good at it. Yeah. But they're weak. And as I said, I, I, I like to work on the hard stuff, you know. Yes. I mean, what's the point in already working the stuff that you're good at? Where's the growth? There's no growth in that. Yes. Um, so then... I was just researching. We heard that earlier on, yeah. back, in, back in Pinjara, didn't we? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So continue. So I was, uh, I think um, one of my CrossFit coach at the time shared an Ido Portal video. So Ido yeah. Portal. So who's Ido? So Ido, Ido is, um, he's from Israel. He's a movement teacher. Yeah. Um, he is, you know, a genius. He's, he's really a genius. I don't know if you've seen the documentary with London Real. If you haven't, you should watch that one um, because he has al- had already been sort of speaking on these lines and talking about these lines. He had a YouTube channel and I, I hadn't heard of him prior to that because I, I'm not really, I don't work with a lot of technology. Yeah. Um, I think it was just through Facebook that I that I saw his video. Yeah. Um, so he's an Israeli movement teacher. He's working with Conor McGregor at the moment, so he's be- kind of become a lot more well-known. Yeah. But still, the global community doesn't, doesn't know him, say, relative to like a, a body attack, everyone knows what a Les Mills, you know, body step, body pump, yes. but no one really knows what the Ido Portal method movement realm is yet. Um, he started using gymnastics rings. He started doing things like loaded progressive stretch mm. and using weights to stretch. And he came out of um, years of dedication with ca- um, capoeira. capoeira. Yes, yes. And the spinning and the movement yes. and that. And then... My understanding was then that, that that he hit a ceiling with that, and then he wanted to look at other things. Yes, and um, obviously I can't I can't speak for the man, but what I have um, gleaned just from spending you know hours with him and learning and watching obsessively every YouTube video on the sun is that yeah he became he became this teacher of movement of bits of everything without specialising. So if you're a yoga practitioner or a you're a crossfitter or you're a gymnast, you're a specialist because you do mm. that. That is what you do. That is your discipline. But as I said, what if you just, what if you want the elements and the, the juice and the good bits from yes. all of those? What if we kind of put that into a system? What does that look like? The only, um, the only thing that I found so far that does that is the Ido Portal method by mm. this man because he is always researching. He's always, he's always, you know, obsessing about, finding who is the best and who has the blueprint in this field and then learning from that person. And then, and, he, and he's a filter for us because for us to individually do that yes. ourselves takes a lot of time. He makes use of collective knowledge yes. um, and learns from the best. Great. He's already done that. I'm not going to waste my time trying to learn individually from the people that he's learned from. I'm going to... Take the filtered information. Exactly, yeah. Mm. And so that's what he's done very well is he's filtered mm. um, really good stuff. So if I if I went to a if I went to a Edo Portal class or if I came to Modus yeah. and I did a class, what, what sort of things would I expect to do? Uh, well, we're very different to an Ido Portal workshop. Like the Ido Portal workshops are, you know, another next level. Like his quality yeah. of teaching um, and his pedagogy is is next level. Modus, we're sort of trying to walk in the footsteps of a mm. of a man who's left very big shoes to fill. Um, 
but things that you can expect, which differentiate us from other sort of movement um, facilities and gyms, because we're, I think, now like the sixth movement, like this word movement is becoming very catchy yeah. and hip <laughs> and trendy. And, and this is where a lot of the confusion comes in because you can go to X Movement Studio and they do handstands and rings. Yeah. And then the next one I saw, like, they do some... They do some like spin bike thing or some airboxing type thing. And so Modus, what we do is we, we're endeavoring to give it the community and give the Perth community, uh, and share the knowledge that we have learned. So then again, we become another filter. So we've learned from Ido. We've spent four years now. I'm, I'm not a, a mentorship student. Um, the other two guys, Anthony and Mark are mentorship students. So that, is enough exactly so those two guys um, and myself we started motors um they are in another sort of elite group um that just want to dive in deeper and learn and learn and learn we share the knowledge that we've digested we've practiced it we've we've gone and we you know programmed and looked at okay the average person in perth let's be honest you know they're going to have very tight hips you know a lot of people in from Sitting down in an office, um, you know, not spending enough time squatting or being on the floor, uh, a lot of sort of this rounded shoulders and, you know, the, the neck pain and the head forward posture, um, which I see as a chiropractor a fair bit, again, from yeah. office work, from lifting kids, from driving, from watching TV. Um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people in Perth love to move, they love to exercise, but yeah. there's still a lot it's of... it's quite an active place. It's a very active place, which is why I think, you know, it's done. It's taken off. We have a we have a lot of different um, facilities in the place because people in Perth love to move their bodies. Uh, so at Modus, we we integrate different elements of strength. So that might involve the gymnastics rings. It might involve barbells. Um, it might involve body weight. Uh, we take elements from the gymnastics world. So we do do handstands. We do do a lot of mobility. Um, and then there's some elements from the dance world, so footwork, patterning, you know, some softening principles. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff that we do involves this pattern recognition as well. Uh, we integrate. What do you mean by pattern recognition? So you, if you've ever, have you ever done a dance class? Uh, yes. What dance class? Uh, I did a tango class. Oh, for, for and about you, six weeks. you would have felt like the first day you feel like, what am what I doing? Am I doing? What are my feet? Do I'm spinning the wrong way. Uh, you know, you feel like you just complete beginner. Exactly. So this beginner's mindset, this beginner's feel, is what we try and tap into a little bit each class. So um, the pattern recognition, we don't necessarily like. You won't come and find a specialist specific element. We we have class. Yes. You don't know what you're going to get in that class. It's it, a complete surprise. It's a complete time. surprise. But that being said, it is based on what we are devising as a curriculum as to what we think the individual needs. Right. What, what does every person need to do so that they can have a capable, functioning human body from now up until they're 80 years of age, beyond? What, what applies and what so this do is we- almost future-proofing your body. Yes, like bulletproofing, future proofing it. Yes. We want to move. I want to move. You want to move. You don't, you don't want to be like, you know, example, my dad on holiday, he couldn't lift open his suitcase to get his clothes out of his hmm. suitcase because he just had cornerstone. It's not cool. Is it's it? not cool. And, you know, and my dad, uh, three years ago, was still swinging an axe, chopping his own firewood at 75 years of age. He still yeah. does that. 
but yet he can't bend down to put his shoes on. He needs one of those shoe horns. Right. Some so people, he's a specialist uh, yeah. axe wielder. Well, yeah. Well, that's it. well yeah. for three months of the year when it's cold as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to do basic things and then some. You don't want to, you know, put your back out lifting the, lo- the laund- load of laundry. You want to have the confidence that you can trust your body. And, you know, one thing that Ido, Ido says, I remember as a quote that stuck with me years ago was, um, you know, your body didn't let you down. You let down, you let you down your, your body, body first by, you know, people partying, they're smoking, they're sitting in front of the TV doing brainless. I don't own it. I mean, I have a TV, but I don't watch TV. Yes. Like the TV's gathering dust in the, the cupboard. Um, because, you know, that sort of stuff doesn't add. It doesn't serve me yes it doesn't bring value to my life yes but this is what people do we drive it we wake up we drive in the car we sit down at work in front of a computer and then we somehow think that doing a half an hour exercise class three times a week is going to prepare you for 80 like i'm going to be able to put my shoes on when i'm 80 because i did that body step class three times a week for half an hour when i was 30 yeah (laughs) it's not it's not (laughs) um and so at modus we Again, we, like I said, we filtered down the knowledge we've learned mm. from Ido, um, and and I'll, and I'll always give him respect and gratitude for for you know even building my body up. Three years ago, I didn't have a chin up. Yeah. Now I can do chin ups all day. You know, three years ago, I was. I mean, you would have seen the video that I yes. shared with you. Before I, and after, I was stiff, and I was a bloody chiropractor. And this is what I thought: I'm like, fuck, I'm a chiropractor. I'm I should be the person. The person that people look to and they go, I want to have a spine like that. Yeah. yeah, I want to have the confidence to lift over 100 kilos, which I can now because yeah. I did this process with with Idoan and his his distilled method. So, you know, people might come to class and we might start with a warm-up that involves, you know, partner games. So we might be, you know, running around the room or being still in the room and moving from a certain spot at an angle with a partner, yes. a specific game uh, that might look different every time. And and so what we're trying to develop here is community. We're trying to get people to touch another person, to get in some personal space. space. Now, yeah, now you're British, so the, and my dad's British, and, you know, it's very stiff upper lip, and, you know, even worse, the Americans, you know, more yes. than arm's distance, please. We don't hug, really. I only see my family every second Christmas because the British aren't really a war, you know, they're it's not a war. a fantastic warm. stereotype you got going on there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're very, they're very, yes. uh, it's different to, um, you know, other cultures which have, like. I spent three weeks in Sri Lanka recently and yeah. everybody's in your face. In your clothes. face. And, and, and on the trains, everyone's like yeah. next to you. And you just, yeah, you get and used Israel, to it. So I was in Israel, uh, I just got back last week from Israel. Yes. Israel's, and Ido Putal is Israeli, so maybe this is part of it as well. Um, I'm a chiropractor, I don't have a problem putting my hands on people. We yes. kind of lose that lose that fear of touching another person quite early on. But other people, sometimes I forget and, you know, you can't you kind of rub shake their arm or, yeah, or shake their hands and give them a hug. And some people, you can feel like they don't like touching other people. Guess mm. what? We're going to put you in that situation. You're going to be parted up with someone you don't know. You're going to have to make eye contact with someone that is different every time. If we see you partnering up with the same person because it's comfortable. Exactly. Switch partners. And so we, you know, we have these partner games. We have these 
um, you know, footwork drills that we can do. We have, like I said, the handstands, the strength. Every class has a strength component. Mm. Um, but we also break you out of that mold of just doing the same shit yeah, every, every time. Yeah. So the- it's interesting when you talked about um, uh, patterns earlier on. I would see that um, it's not just bringing in new patterns, but also trying to break down old patterns. Yes. You know, you talked about wake up, get go in the car, go to work, da, da, da. But we also physically move yes. the same way. You know, we were, as kids, you know, I have a 10-year-old daughter and I watch her do new stuff. and But then she's, you know, I've watched her go from just not being able to do a thing and then learning how to walk and then learning how mm-hmm. to feed herself and all of that. And it's still not lost on me now when she does stuff very simple like you know, do a shoelaces up um but she's learned it and that pattern's there and that will continue and if it you know it starts with something simple like doing your shoelaces up but then it can be i don't know the way we have a phone that's like shoulders up against your neck and things like that and then you just continue to do it and do it and do it spot on and it's interesting you mentioned your daughter my i have a six-year-old nephew a three-year-old niece and a, a two-year-old niece and um and, and because I'm the second oldest of six, I helped raise my younger siblings. And you know when they, they are learning to walk, it's like when people start doing handstand work or we put balance work, we get them yeah. to balance on rails and you know, the kids are like like shaking all yeah. over the place and, and they, they fall over and they fall, but then they get back up and they fall again, they get back up and everyone's like, Yeah, they took two steps and yeah. and this sort of joy, this um excitement, this discovery, this achievement yes. that we celebrate, why don't other adults why don't we do that anymore? This is what we do at motors, you know, yeah. someone someone holds their first ten second hands or they do their first chin up, celebrate that shit. Yeah. Because that that, you know, childlike um, discovery, wonderment, surprise, we lost somewhere along the wow. path of trying to grow up and get the house and the job and the car. And uh, and Ido talks about this in the documentary about children being closer to the source. Yes. Totally. You know, my nephew and I, we have great fun because I'm like a big kid and we'll crawl on the ground, we'll kick the ball or whatever. And I think kids bring a lot of youth. They make you feel younger because this, and they have this joy and this energy, and they yes, oh, frequency. What, yeah. yeah, they want to, they want to do it all. They don't mind climbing up and and jumping off something really high. But adults, we kind of we get afraid to do this stuff, yeah. and and ultimately with with motors, we we want to bring that back. We, we'll have some kids classes running at the end of uh, like the fourth term as well. Uh, Cause that's my, I love teaching kids classes. Yes. That's what, what I love doing because um, these patterns that I already see the kids form. Yeah. We want to keep challenging the brain. We want the adults as well to break those, what we call engrams as well. Like yes. with pain, people often have compensations. They often have, you know, whatever, like a shoulder injury that they, they're used to carrying around like this. So then when we start getting them doing games, like all out here within their comfort zone, like, you know, comfortable in terms of pain, but out of their comfort zone in terms of it's something different to what they're mm. used to, we break through those. We create new neural connections. We have this neuroplasticity yes. concept, which then from an evidence-based practice point of view as a chiropractor, yes. guess what we know is the best preventative for Alzheimer's dementia? Exercise, but not just exercise, new exercise. But again, like in terms of a system, you know, I did triathlon, I did yoga, I did crossfit, I did all this stuff. 
I don't want to have to make new friends all the time. I don't want to have to make a new tribe all the time. Yeah. We have a place where people can come, where you have like-minded individuals. We have doc- we have doctors and, and you know, um, like surgeons yes. as members. We have chemistry teachers. We have mums. We have, we have people from every different, you know, demographic. Uh, you know, one guy had neck surgery and... You know, another another woman. She's fifty four. She was the second in the world in triathlon, nine ninety two. Right. And they all come. We we create a tribe. We create a community. We have the boundaries and the safety net of teachers who know what they're doing. Dude. We all have all three of us. You know, we're not we're not your average Joe PT. Um, we all are passionate. We've put the time in. We've experimented on ourselves. And more than anything, you know, we believe in it so much that, uh, like for me, I was like, this is what I want to do. What what do I want to do more? Do I want to be married more? No. <laughs> I want to do this. What price am I willing to pay on the path to my personal legend? Hmm. All of it. All you know, in. all in. All or nothing. Not many people live their life like that, right? Because mm. it's scary. Because what if I fail? But fail doing something I really want yeah, to do as well. Yeah. I mean, have you read The Alchemist? Uh, yes, yes. Is There's a, a gr- way around the world to come back exactly. and find a pot of gold where it wasn't the start. Yeah. So, and The Alchemist talks about this, this path of the personal legend. And it's a great, you know, it's a great tale. It's yes. super simple. But, um, and it's something that I, I read when I was working. I worked at Lululemon for like, you know, eight months when I was setting up my first chiropractic clinic. Yeah. And, um, and I read it there. And, the, you know, the, the idea and the concept of, okay, I'm finding my, my treasure in the desert, like there's going to be obstacles on the way, but, hey, it is, you know, I hate the cliche, and Brian had it on the on these little wristbands, Brian Rose from London Real, yeah. had it on these little wristbands, it's, about the, it's all about the journey. journey. And it's true, like it is, it's true, it is all about the journey. Um, for me, movement is the path. To become a better person, it's the window to, to internal work if people want to go down that path because we also, at the end of most sessions, end with some sort of softening or some sort of meditative practice or, yes. or stillness work. So, yeah. Um, it's not just, come, let's smash you, yeah, handstands, rings, blah, okay, off you go into the world. No, mm. because most people go into the world all jacked up with cortisol. Like, we need to bring mm. that down. We also need to remember that... You know, the purpose of moving our body is is also so that we can have this stillness inside ourselves. Yeah, um, and be present within yourself. Yeah, that, well, that's it, and most people aren't. But the, the more you have a physical practice and a regular physical practice, I believe that you're able then to sort of shed the conditioning of the body. You don't feel mm. aches and pain. You don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, my back's sore. You think, wow, I feel really good. Invigorated, blood's moving. That's it. You feel like you can accomplish everything. Then your mind is free to work on the shit, the programming and the subconscious stuff that I yeah. think we all need to be working on. Um, and when we take time to be present and be still and we've moved our body, wow, what a great feeling. You know, if everyone did that instead of if every doctor prescribed someone to maybe come to our, our, our facility instead of giving out antidepressants, wow, what yes. a difference! Guess what? What do, again? What does research tell us helps more than antidepressants for depression? Oh, exercise. Yeah, funny that. It's, it's like, true. You can't you can't get stressed while you exercise because of the. Well, it is. Look, exercise is actually stressful to the body. Yes. Yeah. But 
the, the was it you don't feel anxious or uh, some look I, it depends on the type of exercise yes because if I were to get sure some, if you're an Olympic athlete you'd be feeling anxiety and, yeah, true, <laughs> true except for pre-race um, because some forms of exercise like for example long distance running yeah. are really stressful to the body because of um, you know cortisol hormone so cortisol is a stress hormone yes um, so when I work with with women who uh, you know, maybe having some hormonal issues, I'll actually, I'll pull them off the long distance running and I'll get them to do maybe more softer practices. Yes. Um, that to, to, to mitigate or to sort of lessen that effect. So, uh, exercise in itself is a form of stress, but it's called a eustress, uh, a, a good form of stress right. in the right context. Now, someone's only sleeping four hours a day and they're eating crappy food. Is exercise a good stress? Ooh, probably not. They probably yeah. need to get some sleep first. Yes. Um, but, it, you know, it's when you when you come to motors, it, what I like to say to people is you work bloody hard, but you don't feel like it's not a fucking boot camp. Yes. You know, it's not, come on, let's yeah. go. Yeah, right, true. Half an hour, you've got to give it all you've got. No, this is... And all, you learn, again, this empowerment. You learn yep. about your body. Wow, you learn about it so much more than if you just had someone telling you, you know, choreograph steps all the time because you can feel your brain. Just, I mean, you, you, I don't know if you found the class that on the open day was such a small taster. And it is, it's a hard thing to put into a container and to categorize and define. So I usually say to people, give it three shots. And you'll know if it's not for you. It's not for everyone. As yeah. I said, you know, hard workers... Um, love it. In fact, sometimes we have to tell the hard workers that they're working too hard. <laughs> Chill out and go and go yeah. walk on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's there's a bunch of different things that we do, but uh, the the practice is always changing. Yes. We I can tell you today what we're doing in six weeks' time. It's it'll be in, something different. It'll be something different in a year's time. It'll be something different. And I think having you know you know as as a as the leader in. And, and our teacher, like I firmly believe everyone needs a mentor and a teacher in their life. Yes. A guiding light because Absolutely. we can't do it on our own. No one has all the answers. And there's always mm. someone, this collective knowledge, there's always someone that's been in your situation before. For me, yes. when I was, you know, thinking, shit, do I, do I leave my marriage? Do I stay or whatever? I went to the people that knew me best. I went to, the, went to people that maybe had been divorced before and I asked them, you know, I, I did my research and then I, yep. I made... I made an informed decision based on also what my heart was telling me. Um, and, yeah, so because after... Which is a brave step. I think so. Yeah. Uh, after I told my husband that, you know, look, it's not working, we have to go separate ways, um, he wanted me to see a psychiatrist. One of, one of my best friend's dad is a psychiatrist. Yeah. And um, because, you know, once I started... Remember, I was talking about being a kid, and I changed schools, and I always felt, you know, different. I'm not, not like these people. I don't. You know, I'm not. Li I'm not like yes. you. And um, then when I when I started this movement journey, and I f found people from around the world. So my closest friends live on the other side of the country, or up on the opposite side of the globe. People around the world that just thought the same way. Wow, I'm not alone. Click. This is my tribe. Find your tribe. Find my tribe. That doesn't mean I like everyone. 
I still have, you know, because what's part of a tribe is you have these different sort of hierarchies and, yeah. you know, being a psychologist and I, and I love like psychoanalyzing people's motivations. Like why is everyone even bloody doing this? Do you have a father issue? Yeah, you totally have a father issue. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally projecting your father issue, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I found this tribe of people that I, I just thought was fat and I still find it fascinating. Yes. And. Because there's a common spark despite yeah. all the difference. Yeah. I've done the, the, the Braverman test, so I'm a dopamine-dominant individual, if you haven't guessed. Um, and so, and, I, and I, perhaps I do, like, my makeup is kind of this all-or-nothing, throw it all in and, you know, rah. My, uh, my genetics also tell me that I have this, I wouldn't say it's a weakness because I view it as a strength. My, my mum and my aunt um, have... It's like a bipolar, like a psychotic bipolar right. spectrum, and um, and that you know they have these big sort of up ups and, and downs. ups and downs, you know. When they're up, they're up. When yeah. Down. So I think, but I don't think I have that. The psychiatrist told me that I didn't, which was okay. good. Um, but I think that genetically, I have a predisposition. I was always going to end up mm. in this tribe. Yeah. I was always going to end up finding the Ido Portal method sooner or later. Maybe I would have been, say, I stayed in the marriage for an extra 10 years. Like maybe, and then found it later. Yeah. I, and I would have always mm. set up or found people that I could set up with Modus. Like I had my own chiropractic clinic before. It was super, you know, it was great. It was, it was successful. Um, and I love dealing with the people. But you know what? It gets lonely working by yourself. Yes. It's lonely not having another person to bounce ideas off and prove again. Yeah, and where's the growth? You know, again, when when I'm eighty, I want to feel like I just expanded. I expanded in all these different directions, right. and you know, movement is not all I do. It's a big part of what I do, but um, it's not. It's not everything. Yes. Um, it's given me a catalyst and a vehicle. Um, to push other areas of my growth, I'm a, I would say that I'm a much more calm person now than I ever have been. I, you know, work through a lot of these these issues because we all have. Everyone is all so fucked up, right? Everyone has their <laughs> shit. No one wants. Everyone's to, got their own shit. Everyone's got their own shit, but no one wants to talk about it. You know, like the the success model, for example. Let's take that. Oh, I need to. Let's say I'll use my example instead of someone else's. Yeah. Um, but let's work really hard and we'll get a good job and we'll get a house, we'll get married, and then we'll be successful and the happy. Societal success model. Totally. Like everyone yeah. thinks that this, oh, I look at that person. Oh, and people would, mm. Margaret, uh, you're successful, you're so young, you've done so much. You know, you've got a few degrees, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you really love your husband. Like, next step, having children, right? And that would have been the logical next step, would have been yes. to have, have a couple of regrets. Um, and then, again, I think also, like I said, movement accelerates this. The physical practice accelerates growth. Um, and I looked back and I went, you know what? I totally did this because I never felt like my father loved me. I never felt like I was approved and I was always after his approval. Right. My father was like ex-British Army, you know, very British, okay. very British. And um, so, and then I realized I totally jumped into the movement thing and caught myself on a number of occasions doing the same thing, hitting goals because, you know, it was a high achiever and I wanted yeah. to hit these movement goals and wanted to get, get the chin up, yeah, get that's the hands down. Exactly, doing all that stuff. Yeah. It's just this, the same passioning, different part mm. of the life, 
but okay what's what's the real issue if we kind of peel back the layers what's the real issue real issue self-acceptance self-worthiness um being self-deservedness being enough yes and as a then as a woman being an you know Every woman wants to be skinnier. They want to fit into the smaller jeans. They want to be prettier. That a whole diet and fitness industry has made millions of dollars oh, off that yes. psycho- psychological yes. defect. <laughs> yes, huge dollars pumping it out that this is desirable yeah. to men, and also this is yes. desire. This is where you need to yeah. be as women. Look at my six pack. Yeah. This is what you you want. This you know, big marketing psychologists. You want this person's body, so you're gonna. Immediately and then it. that will bring you the man with the car yeah. and the Ferrari in the house and yeah. you me off. All and- of that stuff. And it, and then, again, we peel away the bullshit. Let's peel away all right. of that. Yeah. And let's look at what it is, okay? Um, you know, for, for me, as a woman, wanting to be enough, wanting to be comfortable in the body that I'm in. Yes. Most women never get to that point. And Most- he's the only person who can... Yeah, do that exactly. You. No, you and yeah, no one, no one wants to do the work though. No one wants to really kind of sit down and think. Okay, so I mean, you know, maybe like a bit of CBT would help, but uh, cognitive behavior. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for explaining. <laughs> um, you know, no one wants to really sit down, look themselves in the mirror, that shadow self. You, you know, you yeah. mentioned with the Jungian, um, and no, looking in the mirror and going, you know. Like, I really need to work on this area of my life. Yes. Maybe my temper is too short. Yes. Why is it short? Because I get frustrated. What, and this sort Where of- Where am I feeling pain in my life? Where are things not working so well? Exactly. So little messages. Why am I feeling empty? Why does my life not feel that I have meaning in it? Is it because of the, the people that you surround yourself with? Like, you know, I, I, I think I had memories of sitting there with my husband and, and his friends and they're all drinking and someone over here is smoking and that's not me. That, that's not saying that I never have a drink. I do I do still drink alcohol when I was young. I you yeah. know, went out and partied a bunch. But at this point in my life, you know, on a Monday night or a Sunday night when I want to get up the next morning and feel good and, and accomplish things in the day, is that are those the crowd of people that are pushing me to become a better person? No. Like some of my best friends are the ones yeah. that say to me, Margaret, you're being a fucking bitch. Pull your head in. Thank <laughs> you for telling me. We all need that, right? We us. all need that. And in, and at Modus, the two guys, um, Mark and Anthony, who are my business partners and co-founders, we do that for each other. We have, we've set up our company structure so we have feedback days where if someone's feeling a bit butthurt that they were spoken to and I'm I'm the person that needs you to work those two guys are beautiful yeah they 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 speak to everyone with respect and and calmness and I'm the fiery one you know that the Ido Ido nicknamed me habanero because I think I started an argument with him like the first time. One of the first interactions we had, <laughs> oh, I was, I was like, I into an argument with yeah, him, <laughs> like arguing with him about. I think it was like that milk's not organic. <laughs> it's fucking not organic, <laughs> something like that. And um, and I do have a like a little bit of a, I have I have an opinion, and have a bit of a temper. I'm a lot better than what I was, but it's about doing the work. Am yeah. I prepared to change, to grow, to do the work, or to, accept it? And accept it. Exactly. Again. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. Like, this is also me. This is also part of who I am. And those guys knew that going into business with me, that this is a double-edged sword. Having great surges of dopamine is fantastic for, I'm the getting it done person. You want it? It'll ask me, 
um, to set up the facility with the guys because he knew I'm the get it done person because yeah. I will I will make sacri- I'll make the sacrifices that need to happen. Um, I will, will break my back to make something happen that I believe in. Um, and then the the beauty about what we have at Modus is I have two great friends um, that we have such a strong and long-lasting friendship that I respect them when they tell me to pull my head in. And uh, this this business partnership sort of triangle is very rare to find. It's very yes. rare to find um, a model, I think, that without what we've come up with. Obviously, we've only been open like three months, but – uh, we've done the work, we've done the research, and um, we believe in we believe in the greater good so much so that it's not about us. Yes. We put the ego aside. It's not about us. It's about the people walking into our door. It's about the members. It's about helping you know so and so who wants to have the upper body strength to to who's sixty. We have a sixty year old member who wants the upper body strength to make sure that she can pull herself into a boat. Because uh, she does dragon boat racing, yes, and had the confidence to do that. Great, excellent. The motivation's there. The and then, as I said, you know, there's a lot more psychology to what we do, actually, um, than people probably realise. That yeah. every everyone is everyone goes to a place searching for something, belonging, tribe, acceptance, yes, um, growth, challenge, all to different degrees. Um, and it's hard to find places that do that. But some people, you know, that might look like the surf club. Some people yep. that might be the footy club. Or the rugby club. Or the or... rugby club. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, and that's okay. Like we're not for everyone. Yeah. We have high standards. Our attention, our quality to detail is, um, I think, second to none. We're all pretty. People might like to go and, you know, play footy and get that win feeling. Yeah, and go yeah. and beat their PB doing a triathlon or, totally. or, or win a race or and it's all good stuff yeah and that's better than sitting on the couch exactly moving your move your body i don't really care actually yeah. how you do it but just move just move excellent so where's the where's the future what's the what's the vision in the future for modus and, and margaret over the next three to five wow. years so for me i learned i think i wrote this in the little thing like Man plans and God laughs at plans. <laughs> I read that when I sent you the pre-interview form and you wrote that down. Great. And Great. I, so I was the person that, that I used to do timelines, action plans and yes. goal setting mm. for three months, one year, five years, ten yes. years. So I'd hit those goals and I've taken that skill set and applied it to a bit more of a, a business mm. realm, which is healthy. Because you've got to balance that off. Exactly. But so I have not set any goals for myself personally because um, in the last two years have been a bit of a, a roller coaster and it's been, yeah, look, it's been, I would say that you've been there once you've been through divorce, uh, depending on the person you get divorced from, um, it can be a really easy process or it can be a really difficult process. For me, I, I, I left that marriage with nothing. I, I left it with nothing, not a cent yeah. in my bank account. Um, and so I've built, I've had to build myself up and, um, for me, and then we had the marina fires come through and all this unexpected stuff happened. So I've just learned, you know what? I'm not going to plan for myself. I'm just going to try and roll with the punches. I'm going to keep doing what I do, focus on my craft, being a car, being a really good chiropractor, keep learning. Yep. Um, and still, and moving my body. I've, I've got to get, um, my movement training. 
there's a few areas that I really need to work on some projects there but for motors uh, it's going to be a case of just continuing to be the leaders I see I see us as really just sort of stamping our authority and in, in saying this is what quality movement looks like we're here as, a, as an example we lead by example we yeah. work the talk um, and we want to we want we want to bring the Perth community with us. Yes. We want we want everyone to to feel and, and and then for me as a chiropractor it means that maybe I'll be out of a job. If everyone has yeah, no pain that's, that's good. then maybe I won't be needed. Well you'll just be have a bigger job with the movement. Yeah, right? yeah. So there we go. Do you think um you know, not taking anything away from you three, do you think you'll be able to lure Edo down here for a for a two day motion? Uh, well, we had motion, in, we had motion in February. Um, we, we, you see him in Perth? Uh, yeah, like, well, he did indicate that he probably wouldn't come to Australia again. Like, this was, so when we had him in motion, um, we had the motion workshop in February of this year. Where was that? That was in Balcata. Right. So we, we held, um, we hosted Ido, Odelia, and Johnny. So Odelia and Johnny are his two, um, other, you know, workshop teachers. Um, and he was in WA for a couple of weeks as well. But from speaking to him in mm. London and, and just with the Q&A that he had after the documentary release, he's really shifting down a notch and not yes. doing so much travel. So I don't think he'll be coming to Australia. Never say never. Again, with this with this man, anything can happen. Yes. So maybe. I'll try my best to lure him. Um, it would be something. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like to meet the man in person. Most people should do this once Indeed. in a lifetime. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, la- last quick question. Yeah. So, summing up what we've been through here, what's um, what's Margaret's little nuggets that she can share? Little nuggets. Okay, like as in um, you know, things that they can maybe implement in their life. Yeah, or just. This, this is this is Margaret's approach to life, and so therefore take on these little nuggets. Okay, so my approach to life is um, we've already spoken about this a little bit, but to to live to live a life that's very full, live a very full life, and, yes. and don't waste the gift, um, and and just to do something that that means your life is counted towards the greater good. You know, don't be a selfish bastard. There's so many selfish people. You know, they mm. they. They are out for themselves. They they want to make the money. They don't give back to the world. But whatever you get, you must give also. Yes. So um, that's how I try and live my life. I try and approach it from this place of giving, being giving more than I take from this earth. Yes. Fantastic. Well, I must say it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You you embodied kind of everything of why I why I'm started WA Real in terms of just speaking to somebody who's so focused on their passion and, it, and it's so clear and, and being open and honest and real with yourself and, and accepting yourself and enjoying that journey and, and, and the fact that you follow your passion and just everything seems to come get attracted to it so you've met your business partners you've found your tribe you've found your you, you're finding your business uh, I, I'm pretty sure you'll find your next husband through. <laughs> Who knows? It's been. I feel like I've only just scratched the surface here, and I'd love you to come back again in the future, and we'll see where you're going and what you're up to. Um, I'm also pretty keen to get the other two in um, 
if, if for no other reason, just to cross-reference what it's like to work with you. That'd be that'd be interesting. No, but I want to hear that. Yeah, but I want to hear their journeys as well because because they're they're quite quiet guys. Yeah, and I think there's a lot in there. There is a lot of good stuff with those yeah, guys. Yeah, and I think I think we'd love to hear them as well. But Margaret, it's it's been an absolute Thank pleasure. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for your time. Thanks, appreciate it.